Hello, and welcome to Someday We'll All Be Dead, a podcast where we talk about all the things with a social work perspective. I'm your host, Hallie Harris, and I am a hospice social worker. Today, we continue with our series, Matt Reads Us a Story, which is one of my favorite series that we've ever had. This is going to be from a book from my own childhood, and I don't know what that says about my childhood, but it's called (laughs) The Kincaid's Book of Witches, Goblins, Ogres, and Fantasy. I will put a picture of the cover of this book on the website, just so you can see, or at least on our Twitter feed, so you can get an idea of the kind of creepy, goblin-y kind of stories that are in this book. But this particular story is called My Own Self. It was always my favorite story in the book, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Take it away, Matt. All right. My Own Self. Peter would not go to bed when his mother told him to. He was naughty about most things, but about going to bed he was very naughty indeed. He lived with his mother in a lonely cottage. There was nothing around it but meadows. It was a cheerful enough place during the day, with bees buzzing in the grass and birds singing and twittering in the bushes, but at night it was different. Sometimes it was eerie and still. Sometimes the wind seemed to be full of whispers. Peter's mother didn't like it. As soon as it was dark, she would make up a fire and go to bed. She felt safe in bed. If anything happened, it never had, but she was certain it wouldn't. She would put her head under the blankets and pretend she wasn't there. It's time for bed, she would say, as she put fresh logs on the fire. Time for you, maybe, not time for me, he said. And he would stay up until he wanted to go to bed. Sometimes he stayed up half the night. One night, the wind was whispering round the house, and Peter's mother felt sure there were fairies about Time for bed, Peter, she said, even earlier than usual. Time for you, but not for me, Peter said. She pleaded, she grumbled, and she shouted. Nothing she said made any difference. Peter sat toasting his toes in front of the fire and refused to move. At last, she lost her temper. Well, I'm going to bed, she said, and she went. Peter heard the bed creak as she got into it, and then the house fell silent, except for the crackling and spitting of the logs burning on the fire, and then that stopped too. Presently, there was a fluttering in the chimney, and an elf child jumped down onto the hearth. "'What's your name?' asked Peter, not in the least afraid, though he had never met an elf face to face before. My own elf, said the elf child. What's yours? Just my own self, too, said Peter, thinking if an elf child could give a funny answer, so could he. I've come to play, said the elf child. Oh, good, said Peter. Now I can stay up all night. They played so long together, the fire began to grow low, and the air began to get chilly. 
Peter picked up the poker and prodded the dying embers to make them glow. As he did, a red-hot ember fell onto the hearth and touched the elf child's foot. The elf child made a noise like a screeching wind and a hundred barn doors swinging on rusty hinges. It was an awful noise. For a dreadful moment, Peter thought his ears were going to burst. Peter felt, rather than heard, that someone or something was coming down the chimney in answer to that dreadful scream. He dived under the bed and crouched as close to the wall as he could. Who's there? What is wrong? called a voice. It's my own self, and my foot's burnt, cried the elf child. Who did it? asked the angry voice. Peter knew he had. He couldn't see the angry face on the elf mother looking from the chimney. Just my own self, too, said the elf child, meaning Peter. If you did it yourself, stop making a fuss, said the elf mother, not understanding at all. She reached out and, and caught hold of the elf child by his ear and yanked him up the chimney. Peter crouched under the bed all night long, afraid to come out. Next evening, when his mother said, Time for bed, Peter, he went straight away. He was afraid the elf mother might discover who just my own self too really was and come looking for him. And that's the end of that short story. <laughs> what do you think about that story? It's silly. <laughs> that was your favorite of all of these? I don't know why it was my favorite. Maybe it had something to do with the fact that I grew up as an only child. And you were full of mischief. <laughs> You like to misbehave? I, I like to misbehave, but also... Like to test your limits? But also I had to take responsibility for myself. I get it. Yeah, maybe it was just the, the special drawings in that book. But for some reason, that was my favorite story. So. Yeah, the, uh, the wording is so difficult for me to relate to. I, I know I even inverted voice that was angry with, with <laughs> angry voice or something once, but... It's yeah, a, it's a funny story. It's a good story. I like it. While you're reading it, it doesn't seem it's that my own scary. Self too. But when you look at the pictures, they look very scary. Yeah. Is there a second story you'd like to read in addition to this? Mm, I haven't read through a whole book yet, really. I will. I will flip through and see if one catches my fancy. <laughs> but I like it. I do like it. Good. All right, I am going to also read you one of the stories from this book, and hopefully you can tolerate my voice. I know it's not quite as cool as Matt's, but we'll see how I do. So this is the very first story in the book, and it's called A Contest. Once there was a farmer who had three sons. One day he called to them together and said, one of you must go into the forest and cut some wood so that we can sell it and pay off our debts. Yes, father, said the three sons, each one waiting for the others to do something. It was finally agreed, after a lot of arguing, that the eldest should be the one to go. He was in the forest, lifting his axe to make the first cut, when a troll came up from behind him and tapped him on the shoulder. 
cut down any of my trees and I will kill you, said the troll, as pleasantly as though he was saying good morning. The eldest son shivered from the head to toe at the sight of the troll. He dropped the axe and ran home as fast as his legs would take him. What? Back already? said the farmer. The, 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 there's a troll in the forest. Afraid of a troll? scoffed the farmer. When I was young, no troll frightened me enough to make me my teeth chatter. The following day, the second son went into the forest. He had only been gone an hour when he came running back, looking as pale as a ghost, with his hair standing on end. I've j j just seen the troll, he gasped. Afraid of a troll, scoffed his father. When I was young, no troll frightened me enough to make my hair stand on end. On the third day, Boots, the youngest of the farmer's three sons, said he wasn't afraid of any troll and he would go into the forest. You, laughed his brothers, just you wait till you see that troll. You run faster than we did. Before he set off, Boots asked his mother to make him some cheese. When it was ready, he put it in a linen bag and tied the bag to his belt. Boots had sharpened his axe and was lifting it to make the first cut when someone tapped him on the shoulder. It was the troll. If you cut down any of my trees, I will kill you, said the troll. But Boots was not as easily frightened as his brothers. Instead of running, as they had done, he took the newly made cheese from his linen bag and squeezed it until the whey ran between his fingers. Then he looked boldly into the troll's face. Just you hold your tongue, he said, or I will squeeze you as I have just squeezed this stone. Never ever in the whole of his life had anyone dared to talk to the troll like that. Instead of flying into a rage and tearing Boots limb from limb, as you would have thought, he said meekly, spare me and I will help you. By evening, Boots and the troll had cut so many logs it was impossible to count them. As it began to get dark, the troll said, my house is nearer than yours. Come and stay the night with me. It seemed a far better idea than walking all the way back through the forest and falling over things in the dark, so Boots agreed. Fetch some water from the stream and I will make porridge for our supper, said the troll when he got to his house. The buckets are beside the door. Boots had already seen them. They were big enough for him to bathe in. He might have been able to lift one when it was empty, but he certainly wouldn't have been able to carry it when it was full. He had to think quickly. I'll bring the stream in, he called boldly. Then you will have as much water as you need. You can't do that, said the troll in a panic. Think of the mess you'll make. I've got a better idea. You make up the fire and I will bring in the water. When the fire was burning brightly, the troll made porridge. There was enough bubbling in the pot to keep Boots and his two brothers fed for a week. Let's have an eating contest, said Boots. I'll wager I can eat more porridge than you can. The troll looked at Boots. He looked down at himself. He looked at the pot full of thick, stodgy porridge. This should be a contest he couldn't lose. Why not, he said. 
and took two plates to the pot and filled them both to the brim. He didn't see Boots put the linen bag under his coat and arrange it with the open end under his chin. Let's begin, said Boots, and picked up his spoon. For every spoonful of porridge Boots put into himself, he put four into the bag under his coat. Very soon his plate was empty, and the bag under his coat was bulging. More please, he said. The troll was amazed. Are you sure you've got room, he asked, looking at what he thought was Boots' round, fat tummy. Of course I have, said Boots. Don't you feel just a little bit full, asked the troll doubtfully. No, said Boots, and without so much as a blink or a wince, he stuck his knife through his coat and into his bag, which was hidden under his coat. The bag went flat as the porridge dribbled onto the floor. Now I've got plenty of room, said Boots, and held out his plate for another helping. When the troll had finished his second plateful, and Boots was halfway through his third, the troll put down his spoon and sighed. I can't eat any more, he said. Do as I did and make a hole in your stomach, said Boots. But doesn't that hurt, asked the troll. Did you see me wince? Did you hear me cry out, asked Boots. The troll had to admit that he had not. And so the troll did as Boots had done, but with one big difference. He hadn't gotten the linen bag hidden under his coat. So that was the end of the poor old troll. Boots took home all the silver and gold he could find and paid off his father's debts, and he never ate another spoonful of porridge as long as he lived. That's kind of a dark story. I don't know how I feel about that one. <laughs> all right, well, that is two stories from the Kincaid's book of Witches, Goblins, Ogres, and Fantasy. If you like this series, please let us know. You can email us at someDayDeadPC at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at someDayDeadPC. And you can always find us on Facebook at Someday Will All To Be Dead Podcast. We hope during this uh, quarantine time that reading the stories does give you a little bit of respite from the craziness of our regular stories. And we'll be back with our normal episodes in the coming weeks. In the meantime, do what makes you happy because someday we'll all be dead.